Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering Shudder's original Deadstream. This is Sean Ruddy coming to you live from Death Manor. For seven years now, you have watched me face my fears for your entertainment. There is one fear that I haven't yet faced. I will be spending one night alone in a haunted house. Don't forget to smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, and follow me on Livid. This is the most haunted house in the United States. Death Manor was built in 1880. Mildred lived here for eight years in this house. She hung herself at the end of this hall. Tonight, we're going to be monitoring three rooms, all of which have actual documented paranormal activity. I hope you all appreciate the public service I'm doing by being here. Are you still with what's her name? No, shh, we're here. Oh, come on, that doesn't even look real. I'm not falling for this Photoshop hack job. This must be her journal! Mildred is collecting souls to create the family she could never have in life. came out this year <laughs> you paused for the dramatic effect i did it came out this year it was directed written produced edited composed <laughs> by the husband wife duo joseph and vanessa winter um kudos to you guys i also tip my hat to you as I did the previous uh, podcast, which may or may not be the one before this one um, that we did, where I tipped some other people. Also starring Joseph Winter. Also starring Joseph Winter. Yes, this is one of these films where it's like, hey, I want to make a movie and I'm going to do everything myself. Boom. I'm the star. It's like those old Western movies where the freaking guy comes into town and it's like, who's the mayor? Oh, here's the mayor. He also the barber. He also, the main guy at the post office, he's the postmaster. What doesn't the guy do, okay? He does it all. This is this this duo. They're doing everything, of course, because it's an indie film. Yeah. It's indie horror, which I love. And even though many of you out there would say, ugh, it's found footage and found footage is over. Is it over? Has it been done like a bajillion fucking times? 
Yes. But guess what? There's also like freaking X 12 Friday the 13th movies and way too many Halloween movies. I'm not even counting past like fucking three. We're ending at three, but we all know that there's more than that. Way too much. So, yes, let there be a million fucking found footage movies. As, as long, long as they're good. As long as they're good, that's the thing. People said they couldn't do a decent zombie movie either. Then Train to Busan came out and proved them all wrong. That's probably been the best zombie thing I've seen in years. Yes, we were late on that boat. But yes, that movie is excellent. Very, very good. Troy Larson and the team for the special effects also. Tip my hat to you as well. You got a lot of hats today. I do have a lot of hats. I have multiple hats. They're for different functions. Um, I have the tipping hat, and I'm using it today to tip everyone that's involved in this film for doing an excellent job. I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise to me, too. A lot of times you see this, and it looks like, oh, that's not going to be... That's just going to be a chore to get through. But actually, this was pretty good. I It, uh, it moved along pretty well for what was basically a one-man show for a while. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was pretty much a one-man show for a long time. It um, reminded me of another film that I really loved from 2020, which was Host. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this whole, like, using technology in horror films because a lot of the times... If you have technology in horror films, modern technology, it just makes the horror film pointless because it's like, oh, why can't you just use your cell phone? Why can't you just do this? There's so many things you could just get out of a fucking situation. It wasn't back in the 80s and 90s, you know, where or it was they like, have to go out of their way to explain now. They always have to have the scene with like, well, our cell phones won't work out here because there's no reception. Exactly. Or someone smashes the phone or something right away. You have to go out of your way. This one doesn't really deal with that. The technology is part of it. He's broadcasting all this stuff. He could have left at any time, but he was hanging in there to get more viewers. Yeah, well, he well he could have. He could have, and he was hanging in to get more viewers, but he was tied because of the sponsorship. Yeah. So he couldn't leave because he had to take a little... He being Sean had to take a... The character's name is Sean. He had to take a little hiatus because he did some shit that did not go well, and he had to take a little break... And then he comes back to try to win back his followers by doing a live stream of himself in an abandoned haunted house. So you already know that's going to be a fucked up situation. Yeah. There's going to be nothing but craziness ensuing. Um, I want to say he could leave. I know he would forfeit his money and he would lose like his sponsorship if he did that. Oh, okay. But I'm saying he could have at some point said, you know what, this is too fucked up. I'm out of here. And he kind of does, but he by tries. that point it's a little too late. It, I, I, yeah, it is too late. And I feel like he went to the extremes to make sure locking yourself in the house is one thing, but taking the distributor cap out of your car and throwing it into the woods, like, no, bro, don't do that. But he, but see, this is where writing is very important. He already told your ass he is a big baby and yeah. he was not going to be able to stay in his house. He had to do all the things he did, which. I appreciate that because it does explain, like you're saying right now, like, oh, why did he do that? Or, you know, he did this. He could have gotten us out of the situation. He knew himself. <laughs> he knew, like, like, if it was me, I probably would have done the same thing because I would have known I'm not going to be able to stay in this house. What I have a working car, I'm going to bounce. Like, oh, <laughs> the wind fucking blew a reed and I'm and I hear some weird noise. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. 
I, I was in there. I streamed for fucking five seconds. Me walking up to the door, hearing the read in the fucking, in the distance, and then leaving. Because <laughs> I think it's a fucking crazy ass, like, coyote ghost or some shit coming to get me. Oh, I'm calling that for my band name, Coyote Ghost. <laughs> so he has a crazy, like, YouTube-like channel where he performs challenges. And he's, and, and this is, I love that they show this. I love the opening of this film, um, the live stream, the whole like comments. It just it's 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 great because this is the world we're fucking living in. This is this could be someone out there is someone out there that would do some shit like this. Yeah. Um. Um. He's skiing naked. He got smuggled across the border. He throws stuff at he throws stuff at cops and then like fucking books it. <laughs> you know he does all kinds of crazy shit and. I, you know, he also has, excuse me, he also, this is the other thing that's the best, and Joseph Winter, like, high five. The character Sean also created a playlist for this abandoned haunted house live stream. (laughs) So he's playing his own fucking music live that he has, you know, ready to go for the crazy things, the different rooms in the house, like everything. He thought of everything. He puts cameras everywhere. Like it's it's like okay, he he came to like capture some shit. He was not messing around. And which you have immediately when he goes into that room and he sees that um hand symbol, like Oh yeah, leave that shit alone, bro. Do not touch it. He's like, ugh, breaks it, throws it apart. I'm like, no, dude, don't do that. I feel like that's going to be some shit that was protecting you. Because the second that happens, forget it. It's, it's, it's gone. And then what about, this is the one, I don't want to say the thing that bothered me about the film. It wasn't really so much a bother. It was, it was unbelievable. And I don't know if I should mention it because it is a new film. Usually we kind of like just talk about we spoil the shit out of the films because a lot of the times we're doing films that are 20 30 years old or more uh, or more um this is pretty this is pretty new but spoiler alert i guess if you need to get out skip a few seconds ahead a character shows up a girl and she's she's a pretty Unique? Pretty, pretty, yeah, she's pretty unique, you know. Right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is something that could totally happen. Like, she's a fan. She's a fan of the, of his show. And she shows up and wants to be a part of the shenanigans. Yeah, she tracked him down. He's like, how did you find me? And she's like, yeah, it's not that hard to find you. You told us where you were going to go. Yeah, which is true. And he probably has his location on. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of crazy ways that you could find someone nowadays, especially if she was up close. It's not like she was in like fucking like, you know, whatever. I was going to say upstate New York, but my first thought is always going to be like, oh, somewhere in New York, like super far away, like in another state um, from where he was. She was probably, she was like in like very close. <laughs> she was very close. Um, what did you think about the whole, the whole film? Did you have like a favorite part or something that really like struck out that you like vividly remember? Um, there's a few things that stick out, but like I said, without trying to spoil everything, um, <clears throat> there's the, the great effects in it. There's some good scenes with, uh, some of the creatures in it that really, you know, they're really creepy. Um, there's a great scene where he is finally does say fuck this place and tries to make a run for it and runs into some things in the woods that are not his friends 
And uh, I love that part where he, you know, he's finally realized too late, I should get out of here. And he's out there trying to escape. And as soon as you see some of the people that are like, oh, this guy's coming to help, you're like, no, nah, he's really not going to be there to help, is he? But yeah, that was good. And I like the, uh, I'm trying to remember, it was near the end when uh, he was trying to figure out this, like a spell to help him out. And there's some pretty gruesome things he does there that are, uh, that I enjoyed. But yeah, there's a lot of great effects. That was what I mostly stuck out to me was the effect shots where he's doing either something to himself because kind of like the evil dead and evil dead 2 there's a lot of body horror in this and some terrible things happen to him that you're like oh god this poor guy even if he makes it out of this he's still going to be scarred for life even from the stuff that didn't leave physical scars the mental scars are going to mess you up forever yeah i definitely i don't know if i had mentioned that earlier but i do have like evil dead effects because it reminded me a lot of the evil dead there's um, a very Evil Dead kind of vibe to it, too. It's 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 a serious movie, but yet there's a lot of humor in the things that happens with, to him. And that he, you know, obviously you see the crazy stuff that he's done on his channel and realize that, well, this guy's kind of an ass. And some of the stuff you're kind of like, you know what, it'd be, probably be good for this guy to have the shit scared out of him out of here. It would teach him a lesson. Um, once you see the fog in the woods, you know you're in a fuck situation. Yeah. Like, there were many, actually, like, parts of the film where you're like, oh, he's fucked. But for me, Fog and Woods, no. That's a hell no situation. Right. Yeah, once you've seen John Carpenter's The Fog, you know anytime you see Fog, it's not going to end well for people. No, and I love Fog. Not and If I'm already in a place where there's no one around, okay, it's an abandoned house, no. No and no and no. And especially if there's some kind of tribal thing going on or some, you just don't fuck with symbols there's a room in the house that's like the kids' room. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I don't fuck with a lot of things. And one of the things I definitely don't fuck with is evil children. Because every movie that has an evil child in it, no. No, no, no evil children. As soon as you see mm -hmm. the fucking kid, <clears throat> rule of thumb, the kid starts speaking another language that they shouldn't know how to speak, get the fuck out. No. The kid shows up in the middle of nowhere in modern times and where it looks like dressed like Buster Brown. Get the fuck out of there because that kid's evil as hell. <laughs> old timey clothes. No, yeah. no, no. Barely anyone's gonna know who Buster Brown is, babe. Yeah, old timey clothes shows up in modern day. Hmm. Get the fuck out. Now, kids in the corner and he's singing some fucking song. I don't care what the fucking song is. The song could be like "I Love Fucking Bacon." I don't give a fuck because you could be the bacon. Yo yeah. ass could be the bacon to him. Yeah, it's not gonna end well for you anytime there's a child that shows up in the middle of one of these movies. It's just not gonna go well. You have to get out of there. It's no the no kid room. I was not about the no kid room. I liked that. I liked as he went to each room. There was a story because he, of course, he did his research and he knew the history of the house and the main ghost that's seen, um, Mildred. Which right there that should tell you that's also no situation. It's like an old timey name. Yeah. Um. This is not the worst witch. It wasn't gonna be like a cute little girl. No. It's it's Mildred. It's she's it's a ghost. It's not gonna be good times for you, and. You know, the whole history. Is the movie uh, predictable? Um, eh, sometimes. That didn't ruin the movie for me, though. Even no, though I may know. doesn't necessarily mean bad. Exactly. Well, to some snobby horror film uh, viewers, that is a bad thing. I didn't want to go into a predictable film. But at the same time, I don't want to come out of like, you know... 
out of a film where I have to really think like, what the fuck was going on in this film? Like, should I have taken some drugs before I came to the film? Like, what did I miss? I want to know what's going on. Like, I don't want it to be completely ambiguous. I do not enjoy a film that's ambiguous. It pisses me the fuck off. It's not because I can't think of like what could be but why do i have to think i paid you money to tell me a fucking story and i need to know exactly what's happening in this story sir or ma'am a little ambiguity is fine but when you just don't know anything that's going on now i agree like the ambiguity of like in the original halloween we didn't really need to know why michael myers was doing it he was just doing it he was just evil and we went with it i'm okay with that because people are evil we but don't need if, to know the reasons. Yeah, but if you had just done, you know, you never even showed Michael Myers as a human. You just randomly, I don't know. It was only through Deborah Hill's eyes. You only saw the point yeah, POV the whole time. You don't know, even know what it is. It could have been a duck with a mask on. Who yeah. knows? If you do that, that gets a little too... Chicken boo. It's a little too weird then. <laughs> but, yeah, you can go too far with that. A little bit's fine, but you take it too far and you're just left with questions and that's it. Yeah, you got to cover all the bases because then people listen to the podcast and then they come back and they're like, that movie sucked, man. It was so predictable. I don't want to hear that. Okay, yes, I already said <laughs> it was slightly predictable, but it's a good time for a first film, and even if it was a, a second film. Movies. You look back at like even the original like Evil Dead, that's predictable. You know when they play the tape with the evil recording on it, bad things are going to happen and any of these things are going to be predictable in a way. But you... was it predictable for its time, though? I don't know. I wasn't alive during that time. I wasn't of age to watch that film at that you time. You were alive. You just weren't of age to watch that film. That's neither here or there. My point is, I wasn't able to watch the film at that time. So was it predictable to you? Was it predictable to you? Because before that movie, I mean, obviously, movies existed and there were a bajillion of movies by then. But horror films, that wasn't something like, like now you think found footage, I always think back to like Blair Witch. Like, oh, this is another Blair Witch situation. You know what I mean? Like, oh, found footage. And all and all the other found footage movies in between. I always think of like, this is where it's going to go, you know? Oh, it's going to be a found tape. You know, it's going to end badly. You know, it, it, it's a ghost. Because there, there's found footages that movies that aren't ghosts like poughkeepsie tapes excellent movie um really enjoy the film uh i think the biggest found footage film for me that defied convention is that as above so below where they go into the uh, catacombs under paris yes you showed me this film yeah it's an excellent movie and it really i won't say what it is but it does something that very few found footage movies do I, I did enjoy the film. But back to Deadstream. Uh, I give it three knives. Yeah, it's a solid three knife film. It's, like you said, there's, there's good acting, good effects. The, uh, the what do you call it, the setting looks really good. Even though it's all, it's like all, <clears throat> excuse me, still losing a little bit of my voice. The setting's all in one place, but that, that works. The, the claustrophobia of it makes it work for you because you, you feel for the guy being trapped in this house and having no way out. Yeah, there's there's definitely, you know me, I love me some character development. There's definitely character development for the Sean character. Um, you know, Joseph Winter played him wonderfully and it was really entertaining to me. And I was, you know, I was rooting for him yeah. because even after the reveal of the terrible thing that he did, yeah, I was like, yeah, that was fucked up. But damn, I don't think anyone needs to die over that if that's where this is going to go. Because that's really messed up. 
But at the same time, you know, is the lesson learned, you take things too far, you're eventually going to run into some issues. Yeah. So it's definitely worth a watch. It is a Shudder original. It's on Shudder. I love Shudder. Please, Shudder, don't Don't go away. Vanessa and Joseph Winter also have another, um, actually a short on Shudder, in in a sense. It's part of the VHS 99 Yes. Um, it's the last story to Helen back, and we thoroughly enjoyed that. Literally, the reason why I watched VHS 99 was to watch this uh, their story, because I am not a fan of the franchise. I, I've seen some good segments on them, but I feel like each of the VHS ones had like one really great segment, and then the rest were just okay or not good at all. The VHS viral was probably my least favorite of them. But this one's pretty good, actually, pretty much all the way through. All the segments in this are pretty strong, and they're pretty good. But then the the final one that the Winters do, the, called the Helen Back, that one is probably the strongest one I've seen on VHSs for a long time. I feel like in order to have a good anthology, you have to have a good wraparound. And they fail in a lot of their wraparounds. And yeah. that's, I don't care for that. Because... You're literally calling your franchise VHS, and it's supposed to be revolving around VHS. And I think a lot of the times it just just falls through, and in some of the stories just feel like they're never going to end. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? I mean, how long is this fucking story? I don't care about this. I just don't. I don't like. I don't like the franchise as a whole. There's like you said, there are good story. There are stories that I like more. The last ninety four fucking hated ninety four. I did not. I, I was not a fan. I am a fan, however, of this to Holland back. And, you know, as someone that, you know, was alive in 1999. <laughs> if, you, if you hear our podcast, we like to talk about the points in time and decades that I may or may not have been alive. Um, I was definitely alive in 99. And my New Year's Eve was pretty similar to the New Year's Eve that um, Joseph and uh, Vanessa wrote about. So, I mean, there were witches involved. Um, there's altar. I may have gone to hell. There's different things that I that I experienced in my New Year's Eve uh, because my New Year's Eve was fucking hellish. So I was like, relatable. Boom. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely check their, check their story out. If you don't want to watch, if you're also not a fan of the VHS franchise, just go all the way to the end to the last story and then you can watch you know what they did and i'm really excited to see what they come with the next i'm like oh what what's what's going on winters and i also can't help but thinking about um dark shadows when when i say winter there's a character in there you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even start that we're just gonna skip so i okay. give the to helen back i also give three knives yeah it's a good segment they uh i I think they work well in feature and short film mediums, you know? Definitely. I give them a high five. Check out both VHS 99 and Death's Dream. That was a, you were supposed to come in oh, and say Death's sorry. Dream. I, I, gave you, I gave you the nod so you can... Yeah, I missed it. Sorry. Come in. Victoria Winter is a character in... in I thought we weren't coming back to this. No, I know, but, but you this is like during your time frame-ish. Yes and no, but I just still. remember Barnabas. Oh, Barnabas Collins? Yes. Okay. And Collins would. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the annoying child in the uh, 89 version that they did. 
That's the one I saw. I was not born when the original came out. Thank well, you. Well, no, obviously it was in black and white. You're not that old. Jesus, come on. <laughs> Unless you're a fucking vampire, which, hey. Hey, if I was, you'd be the first to know. I would totally be the first to know. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.